Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and this is Two Broke Watch Knobs, and we are on, oh, I did it again, episode eight? Is this episode eight? You did it. I did it. I can count, baby, I can count. I can do some basic things. I can count. Yep. This is, epi- this is episode eight, so okay. Uh, we have a lot to talk about this episode, so I kind of just wanted to, let's just do a quick overview. Um... Uh, I want to bring up a comment that someone left on our previous episode. Uh, we want to talk about something really cool that's happened in terms of partnership with us, and then we are going to talk about courts. We're going to talk about quartz watches. We're going to talk about and... quartz. I thought I'm talking about quartz, just quartz crystals. Like, you, you, have you ever been to North Carolina? Of course you have. Um, yeah. You know you... Those, those like gem, those gem mining things where they give you like hunks of manure or whatever, and like you sift it through sewer water, and like you find like shit crystals or whatever it is. You ever do that yeah, as a kid? I, yeah, I do that like once a year. I fucking love that, man. That's so cool. Yeah? It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about quartz watches and how they make everybody upset in their pants. Yeah, um, dude. It's incredible. People like it's everyone's. There is more hate than love for a quartz watch with a watch enthusiast. But you think a watch enthusiast would be all about the innovation behind a quartz movement. So, okay, so what I want to do first is I want to bring up this comment. Uh, let me pull it up here on my tablets. Was it Dear Kaz, You Suck, S-U-K? Yes, it was Dear Kaz, You Suck, I Live Next Door to You. Please stop cooking uh, cumin-laced food all the time. It's coming through the walls. <laughs> That's what he wrote. And my response is, Jerry, fuck you. I'm going to cook, 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 cook whatever I want. I'll cook whatever I goddamn want. <laughs> Jerry, right. we're sending you a two broke watch knobs <laughs> uh, swag bag. <laughs> it's going to be toilet paper that I find. I'm going to find toilet paper, and then it's just going to be used oil from all the deep frying cumin chicken that I do, and it's just going to be disgusting. In all Perfect. seriousness, though, uh, I mentioned this before, and I'm, I'm dead fucking serious. Uh, when we go to Basel, whether we go there as civilians or press, I am bringing two broke watch knobs uh, toothbrushes toothbrushes with our our fucking logo and our name on them sometimes the dental hygiene because basel's a week um it's a week long jeez and i from from what i hear sometimes the the dental hygiene kind of suffers uh especially for the for the journalists that are overworked yeah dude we're doing we're doing everyone a favor this isn't about us and having everyone know who we are it's just about like your teeth people we just care about your teeth if you're orphans we especially care about your teeth yeah i also hear that there's usually like one bathroom um in all of basel are you serious yeah i could be wrong (laughs) i'll just i'll just shit in the streets i don't give a shit i i really don't care i'm I'm not above that um okay so i want to read this comment uh by someone who i've been talking to on instagram and he also left a comment super cool guy super super smart he's living over in california Uh, it is from geekster that is g three three k s t e r uh, I believe that's also his Instagram handle. Check his stuff out. Really, it's a really cool collection. But he wrote in regards to the wind-up episode, Michael, you and I were talking about water resistance and how uh, we're both basically in agreement that Rolex uses submarines, or submarines, rockets, uses rockets Rocket ships. that go Rocket to ships. Jupiter to water test. 
uh, their watches. Um, this is something I want to talk about more, the weird divided culture on water resistance. Uh, but I just want to read his comment. He basically broke down, I think, one method. Uh, so, ba 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 <clears throat> Here we go. In Geeksters' own words, the most common way of water resistance testing is in a little pressurizable, which might not be a word, Geekster, vessel filled partway with water. You put the water, you put the watch in the air part, pump it up to the pressure you want, corresponding to whatever depth you're testing, you're testing for, then submerge the watch in the water. And this is an important part. Then you slowly decompress the vessel for and watch for air leaking out of the actual watch timepiece. This method of testing is non-destructive as no water goes into the watch. So I understand that. So basically you have this tube, it's half filled with air, half with water, you set the pressure in it to whatever depth you want to test for, you then submerge it and then you see if you, uh, and then you slowly decompress the actual vessel and you see if air leaks out of the watch. So if air leaks out of the watch, obviously it's not appropriate for whatever depth you put it's, it in the um... vessel. Okay. It's a it's a pressure it's a pressure chamber that is um, you know you you have full control of uh, manipulation in Correct. terms of yeah so you can do it um, we did it with the FA um, they they would stick you they would stick you in like a like a cabin and change the pressure until you passed out and uh, are you, are you uh, fucking they, joking me right now dude. No, dude. That's, Isn't that that's what they weird. do, like chimpanzees? Michael, you're a person, dude. You're not a chimpanzee, bro. That's fucked up. <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah. They, they, but yeah, you you do that. You do that with watches. Um, I, there's there's water in there too. Um, Jesus. Uh, not 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 for the plane thing, but for the watch thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and then they they duct tape us to uh, chain link fences and threw cigarette butts at us for four days just to kind of see if we could take the pressure. You know, it, it was it was tough. It was tough. It just sounds like they fucking like 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 Spetsnaz tortured you guys. That's basically well, what it sounds like. And if if you look at some of these uh, some of these devices that you know, like Rolex, I think there are photos out there. Probably not so many. They're they're pretty secret secretive about how they do these things. Correct. But, um, they're super high tech, and uh, and yeah, they they crank the pressure. Uh, in those things to see if the watches can so take it. I don't want to get too much into it because I want right. to save it for another episode and potentially get some viewer input from in on Instagram because everyone on Instagram has been super super cool people have been uh, direct messaging me and just talking to me and everyone is uh, surprisingly friendly uh, me having lived a life of shame and, and exile it is interesting to uh, you know have a warm reception from someone even if they're anonymous internet strangers uh, but I think the fact that it's in such, as you said, a controlled setting is specifically why people don't trust water resistance uh, uh, tests. That's, I think that's why that dude at the Oris booth told me to never get the 100 meter tested Oris uh, Diver 65 wet. Not to go in the water with it, Michael. Motherfucker told me to never get it wet. I'm like, dude, it's called Diver like in the name. That's like me going to a blowjob store and then saying, yeah, we got no blowjobs here. It's like, dude, it's on the sign, dude. It's on the sign. It's on the sign. The blowjob store. <laughs> Coming to a neighborhood near you. But no, I think I think because water resistance, like in uh, the watch manufacturing facility, since it's so controlled, I think people don't think it's the same as if when you're swimming or when you're like in the shower with like soap or hot water or anything like that. So I think maybe, maybe that's why some people are weird or don't trust the water resistance rating, you know? Do you, th do you think that... Um... 
do you think that the way some of these newer watches are marketed um you think it's kind of you think there's a such such a thing as like water resistance porn because i i think it's just it's just the number that they throw out there sometimes on like a spec sheet you get from from the brand i will tell you it really was especially so this is something that i'm i i i'm working on getting this tied up and i want to sort of do a piece on this actually but i think within the micro brand community you do have to kind of take the water resistance with a grain of salt depending on certain factors if it's the kind of micro brand where everything is completely made overseas it's assembled overseas it's tested overseas and they just send it here i don't know who does that or who doesn't do that like i know some brands who don't do that so i'm gonna mention them in a second but as a, my gut is saying that depending on the facility where it was tested i don't know if you would trust something if it was listed at like 2000 meters now i do know some micro brands will get the parts overseas, have them brought here, and they'll be assembled here with an actual professional, like seasoned, like master watch maker. They have their own facility. They do all their own testing. I know Steverell does that. Steverell puts their pieces together, at least the uh, the past couple generations they've been doing it. So I'm almost more inclined to believe Steverell when Steverell says 1,000 meters on my Moray 42 because that was Steve. That's Steve and his uh, and his super small crew of just one or two dudes, and that's like that's them testing it. Does it like 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 does that make sense? You got you got to stop, man. You're gonna make me buy that that turquoise uh, more. They only made gonna... twenty, dude. They only God. made twenty, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, that's. I mean, that. I guess we can talk about this now because <laughs> the watch that the watch that I just got in says. Let me, let me move the hand. Cat, stop. Hold on, my cat's eating something that's that's gonna kill it. Sweet it. Stop it. Come on. Guys, you wanna record? I know this cat. He's so cute. Yeah, oh so yeah, you you just gotta watch into review uh for Um Yeah, so I um for the past few months I've been doing some editorial work with, with a blog to watch.com. Mm-hmm. And it's been a lot of fun and I got a Haldor Abitsi uh, divers watch in for review that I'm going to spend some time with and uh, it's interesting um, I was looking at pictures of it when you when you when you told me it's interesting yeah so this this one <laughs> I, I forgot to tell you it even has a helium escape valve um, what's the which what's, is, what's, what's the meter meter uh, I mean this, one this... 1,000 meters for my for my military desk diving mission. So I have I have uh, a question. Is is the my step my step roll is a thousand meters, but there's no helium release valve. Do you really need one of those at like a thousand meters? I don't know. So we're we're not divers. No, um, we're not divers. I'm 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 an asshole. I'm not a diver. The the idea behind the release valve, and it, mm-hmm. I think it's silly. Um, because of the way watches watches are constructed today and how you can make um, a case that's isolated enough to avoid this. But I guess helium uh, is small enough to kind of get into the watch and, like, pop the crystal off. I see. Um, okay. But, I mean, nobody's going that deep anyways. Yeah. Uh, even, if, even if you're, like, a super certified diver, uh, I don't think it's... Um, Oh, I see, really I, I see the I see the valve now. I got pictures up of this thing. I, I see the valve now. But this, I mean, 
is it it's almost pornographic the way that it's uh it's marketed to people water yes. resistance and and the way that people argue about it it's it's so <sighs> i'll tell you i think i think people focus on it because this is something i actually i want to talk about more and i'm going to expand on this a little bit but i think people often conflate the intended purpose or strength of a watch with qualities that they will then have if they buy them. Like, 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 like eating the heart of your enemies. If my mortal enemy is really good at sewing and I murder him and eat his heart, maybe I'll be good at sewing. Uh, that's, that's, that's not really a very good analogy, but it's one that I like. But I think it's that idea. So if I tell myself, hey, I'm going to buy a 2500 like water resistance watch and I'm going to wear that. And you know what? I'm going to feel so good because I'm just going to feel tougher. But like not in like a boasting way, but I just feel reassured for some reason that my watch is super tough. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it totally makes sense. Actually, we can we can probably link it in the um, in the episode. But Crown and Caliber did a video, kind of like a talking watches video with the one of the founding editors of Petrolicious, which is like a car website, kind of car. I'm writing it. I'm, I'm writing it down. Okay. And he, um, so he, he talks about dive watches and he says something along the lines of, uh, guys, guys like these super tough dive watches, uh, because they let women know that at a moment's notice, you can kind of go anywhere and do anything. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, it's, it kind of, it kind of does make sense. Yes. Do, Do people, do people gauge the toughness of a watch? by its water resistance i I mean i i might sometimes but i don't i don't look at 100 meters and say like well shit i can't do anything with that (laughs) but but apparently if you're looking for an aura 65 that's what you're supposed to say according to the rep that i talked to i i I wind up you know what i mean (laughs) but you know what's funny um actually uh uh uh, ariel adams made this point in one of the posts he had written Oh man, I forgot. I can't remember if he had written in the poster if it was a comment they'd made or it was a comment that someone had made. But basically, and you just what you just said kind of reminded me of it. This kind of push to be sort of like water resistant, poor and envious. Like, oh man, that's a really water resistant watch. Maybe you do conflate it with how tough the watch is, and maybe it's in response specifically to the fact that women's watches, because of Michael Kors, have been getting bigger. So if you look at two watches and they're both big. But one has a thousand meter water resistance, and you're a guy. Does that make you feel better? So, besides the awkward situation where you would ask another man what his wrist size is, uh, is it also awkward if you walk over and you ask, "Hey, how deep can you go?" How deep? <laughs> hey, ma'am, how deep can you go? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's interesting. I, I, you, you, you bring up a good point. Like, why are we so? You know what's so funny? When I bought that stairwell piece and when I saw a thousand meters, I just felt so like reassured. Why? Why would why would that make me feel that's so stupid? Maybe that's psychological. Maybe seeing a big number just makes me feel better. Maybe seeing a thousand pennies instead of like ten dollars or however many. I don't know. I'm not gonna well, there, Maybe there they- is there is a certain there is a certain level of engineering that goes into uh, making a watch that has that kind of feature. And maybe that that kind uh, of construction, that's that sort of uh, you know planning and thoughtfulness and design. Maybe that's what's reassuring. 
Um, just maybe just holding... maybe makes someone feel like they're more of a watch enthusiast if they buy a watch, which they feel a lot of engineering has gone into. I mean, I'll, I'll you know, I'm I'm holding this this Haldor uh, a Beatsy now, and it's uh, it's first of all, it's it's the heaviest watch I've ever had in my possession. Mm-hmm. Um, Second, it feels like I can run over it with a truck. Dude, I'm and, looking. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. It literally, like, every single angle in this thing looks like a Neanderthal's brow. Like, it is like a. <laughs> it is like a monolithic. Like, it looks like something you would dig out of like the dwarven caves of Moria. Like, oh, it's a, it's a dwarves dive watch. Like, it yeah. like like it like it looks very. I mean, tough. You know. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have some fun wearing this for a couple weeks, and then I'll. I'll throw the review up on a blog to watch, and uh, but I I think uh, I think I might like it. This is it's the kind of watch that I think I need to wear, considering I'm so um, I'm so obsessed with a certain style. And okay. I, I feel I feel very safe with uh, a very specific kind of uh, design. Maybe this is you know one of the watches that can get me out of my comfort zone. Um, so that's cool. Do you uh, uh, do, do 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 you want to do an audio wrist check right now? Are you wearing a watch that you want to do a wrist check with? An audio? Okay, I can't talk about the watch I'm wearing. <laughs> okay, uh, well, because the thing is, you were talking about feeling safe, like with the watch or something like that. Every, most of the watches that I own, I don't feel safe wearing because they'll melt. Like if it rains, like I've, I've been wearing my pole jot for the past couple of days. Um, okay. And we've been getting bad rain here. And like every time I see those clouds, I like I had to like swaddle the watch in my shirt, like a fucking like 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 a like a fleeing Vietnamese to a helicopter trying to give them my baby. Like please don't get my watch wet. I, this is all I have. You know what I mean? <laughs> like and so I maybe maybe that's why we get so obsessed with tough watches because when I wear the Stevrol, I don't know, I'm not worried about shit, dude. When I'm wearing, especially I'll tell you, I'll, I the toughest I will ever feel. Is when I'm wearing my Seiko Sumo. I feel oh, yeah. un. I don't worry about weather. I don't worry about like crime. I don't worry about anything when I wear that watch. You know what I'm saying? And what is it? What is it? Two hundred meters? That is two hundred meters. Yeah. So that's that's the requirement for the ISO certification. That's what probably most divers wear. Mm-hmm. Most professional um, divers or. Uh, you know anybody that professionally works within proximity to the ocean uh, <laughs> probably has a Seiko. You know, a 200, 200 meter diver. You know what's funny? I feel like people who dive dive only wear a dive watch because of sponsorship. It was up to them; they would just wear a dive computer. You know what I'm saying? I th- I think there's there's still some kind of archaic attachment yeah. to the dive watch um, because okay. you have dive computers today and. Uh, you really don't need a dive watch. But that's what that's what I'm saying. From from what I can tell, once again, we're not divers. No. You know, divers still dig diving with dive watches. Um, okay. Yeah, I hear that. But um, so speaking yeah. of my pole jot, I I want to so I, I want to talk about water resistance more because it's it's absolutely fascinating. But I want to talk about uh uh. The the the, oh. the the what we just received. So I've been wearing my pole jot a lot recently because I just got a toxic NATO for it, and this is the first toxic NATO I've ever gotten. So 
for people who don't know about Toxic Nados, um, the guy in charge of it is out of Colorado. He's USA, Terry Williams. He makes these, or he sells these NATO straps. I, I, I honestly don't know what he does different, but I, Michael, he does something different. This is the nicest, not even like, like, what was that? That's, that's Nora getting home. Hey, I can Nora. edit that out. <laughs> no, leave it in there. Leave it in there. Yeah, we're recording. <laughs> leave it's it okay. in there. Leave, no, leave it in there. You always tell me you're going to edit out things that I do wrong. You're, no, you're, you're, you're leaving that in there, man. Uh, okay. Well, there's everybody gets to meet the wife. Everyone, uh, gets, everyone gets to meet Nor. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, no. I, 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 so the first thing I, I wrote down what I got, I got the olive green brush toxic NATO 18 millimeter. I put it on my pole jot 3133. I picked this strap out specifically for this watch, and I picked it out for the color. So here's the thing. Every time I've gotten a NATO in the past, I've only done it based on looks. And one of the mm -hmm. things I was noticing about the Tostic NATO's website when I was looking at it is I felt like, compared to other websites, there wasn't really a broad range of selection. I'm like, I'm like man, like I'm just not really seeing like the right color combination or like something like that. It's, I'm going to tell you right now, it's a very stupid thought. As what I was having. It kind of uh, elucidated what I had been doing wrong with NATO straps. So okay. I saw some that I liked that I thought would look good on certain watches. Uh, this one I got for the pole jot. I got it in the mail based on the looks alone. I don't even care what the thing looks like anymore, Michael. I'm in love with the hardware. I'm in love with the hardware and I'm in love with the the, the, the stitching on this thing. Because out, think... of, out of the box, it is super comfortable and I can just tell over time, it's just gonna get more comfortable. But um, the, the acclaim, the acclaim, especially for for the hardware, uh, you know, it's it's pretty universal. Uh, I haven't I haven't heard anything bad about these straps, and um, I've had I've had a gray I've had a I've had a gray and a black one for a while, and it, they soften up a bit, and mm. uh, it's just man, it's it's such a cool watch. Yeah. Um, watch watch strap, um, and I will say that also recently I got a uh kind of what is marketed as a luxury nato strap it's uh <clears throat> it's by a brand called blue shark straps and okay uh, i i feel like i've heard the name somewhere or i've read i've read, read the name somewhere so th so they make they make uh i guess what they intended to be an alternative to the uh the omega nato strap that's like I don't know, eight hundred dollars or something. Right. Um, <laughs> I was going to talk to you about this. Yes, go on. And um, I don't like it. I, I don't like it that much. Um, <laughs> I, I put it on the uh, I put it on the um, the SRP triple seven and yep. uh, didn't do it for you. It was just like it di it didn't do it for me. I mean t Terry's uh, Terry's straps. Yeah, that's that's where it's at. Um, and and NATOs NATOs are funny because when you're getting into watches and you might not have that many, mm -hmm. you see how cheap NATOs are and how easy they can like change the look of a watch. So you'll just you'll just go on Amazon and you'll you'll take pot shots and you'll you'll just buy yeah. these. Like, oh my god! Yeah, these, like, dude, five dollar ones and oh, I'll get that one and that one and that one, and uh, and then you have like a like a bag full of like mm, kind of like whatever straps. But if you if you take the time to familiarize yourself with the Toxic NATOs product line. He has so much to offer, and all the quality on every model is just so on point. Yeah, 
You know what's yeah. funny? You 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 bring up something that I had done for a while. I was just doing that. I was just buying Me random too. NATO straps. I didn't really understand the brand that I was buying from or who it was. I'm just like, oh, here here's a five dollar strap. You know what I mean? Like I'll buy this, and then I luckily wasn't able to get as far as I've seen some people on Instagram. But some people on Instagram will take pictures of like. You know how they'll do like 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 collection shots of all their NATO straps? They'll have like a box full of like 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 a fucking tapeworm orgy of just yeah. all these fucking NATO straps. <clears throat> you know what's super funny? I used to want that many straps. Now I don't. I don't want that many. Like I I don't know what else to put on my pole job because I know whatever else I put on here isn't gonna be as cool as this. It's incredible. I want every strap that he makes. Yeah, no, I want to. I want. I, I, I want to replace every NATO I have. If he has, uh, uh, like, like the ones I have already, if I can find like a one-one, like similar-looking thing on his website, I'm gonna replace it all of mine. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but you know what's funny? You bring up the Omega NATO strap. Um, a couple months ago, I was in the Omega boutique, pretending to be Aziz Ansari, so they would talk to me, and sure. I was looking at the Speedmaster. And I saw that it came. It came with that big Velcro strap you're supposed to put over your spacesuit because we all fucking spacesuits. And um, yeah. I saw the NATO strap, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, does it come with the NATO? He's like, oh yeah, it comes with the NATO, and it was a fucking, it was an incredible NATO strap. I was playing with it. I'm like, wow, this is like, I actually feel like the quality difference at that point in time. That was the best NATO experience I've had until uh, the Toxic NATO's order came in. These fucking yeah. straps, I love these way more than that watch, or than that than so, that, than that watch uh, strap that came with that fucking watch. You know what I mean? So what are, do do you know off the top of your head the exact models that you got? Yeah, I got the olive green brush metal hardware one, um, 18 millimeters, which is the pole draw lug width. And then I got the toxic stripe blue one, 20 millimeters from my Sumo, which I haven't had the chance to wear, but I put okay. it on there and it's fucking gorgeous. Actually, you know, it's funny. Speaking of looks, that's one NATO strap I don't think I've seen anywhere else, the, the toxic stripe. So basically, it's a regular black NATO, but a couple millimeters in from the edge towards the middle, it will be like a stripe of color, like two stripes of color on the mm -hmm. edge. And he's got blue, he's got orange, he's got fucking green, like a cool, like I think like a military green or an olive green. He's got a white, and I believe he has a gray and maybe some other ones. And it's actually a really cool style of NATO I haven't seen before. Um, I haven't got the chance to wear it yet because I, I only got my order in like a day or so ago, but just feel feeling it in my in my hands, it was, it was there, it was incredible. I'm just, I didn't think I'd get this, I didn't think I could get this fucking pumped about a NATO strap. I just it, okay. So here's the funny thing, bro. These aren't expensive. No, they're not no. expensive. <laughs> his his standard. I think his standard model is like maybe the most expensive one. Because I was surprised to see that the toxic royal that I got was ten bucks on his yeah. website. Um, which is it. That's impressive, and that's that's a strap that I got super excited about because I've never worn anything like that. I didn't know about. RAF straps or you know straps that are just like single pass like kind of NATOs mm -hmm. um it's such a it's such a good fit because with a NATO there are two um you know there are two layers of nylon between the case back and your wrist so it kind yeah. of like sits higher this yeah. this is just a single pass and it like the watch fits so close to your wrist and it's so comfortable um everything it just feels so much better i i'm, I'm gonna buy a ton of those things <laughs> you, you know what's funny i've had that problem with watches where like i love the way it looks and feels on a nato strap but it sits so high off my wrist you know what i'm saying yeah so a strap yeah, so if... a nato strap like that would be the answer yeah. to kind of that kind of uh, uh issue i was having 
yeah if, if anybody listening kind of digs like the the whole the whole look of a nato but doesn't like the way that it kind of adds the extra bulk mm-hmm. behind the case back something like the toxic royal from from terry is um that's going to be where it's at yeah, and, it's incredible um, I, I i just i didn't think i'd be getting my rocks off this hard over a fucking nato strap it's so weird you know what i mean yeah yeah like, i don't know what i'm gonna do what am i gonna do man so well we're gonna we'll we'll talk about them about them more and uh, i've i've had mine for a while so it's exciting that you finally got got some um yeah and, yeah um, this is this is this is the first time i've ever had because the thing is i remember when we were uh, when we were working together like 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 back in the day i remember you talking about them and yeah. and i i remember like like i'm like oh i made a point to go and look at their website and like i just never did and for some reason i just i just i just never did and yeah. so I got my first order in. Oh, and he fucking he he sends candy. He sends you candy. He sends you candy. I I eat the candy right away. Yeah, I I was I wasn't sure. I, I like I I I wasn't like I didn't know if I was supposed to eat the candy or if it was like real. But apparently it's real. They're like so okay. So you ate them. They're like warheads. They're warheads. So yeah, ev- I, I I love warheads. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, if you were into warheads and you uh, put an order in with Terry at Toxic Nados. He's gonna send you warheads. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. G- generic ones though. They're they're they're, not, they're off they're brand off brand warheads. It's cool though, man. Same thing. Basically, that's just it's just crazy. I'm tomorrow. Uh, uh, tomorrow. Oh man, I have a schedule. It's okay, so this is how depressing it is. I, I I have a budding spreadsheet of uh, like what watch I'm gonna wear on a day to coordinate it with pictures for Instagram. <laughs> okay. So I have to, I just, I might have something penciled in for tomorrow that coordinates with something else. I have to double check, but, but yeah, I want to wear, I, I, this weekend I'm probably going to wear the Seiko then. Most likely this week I'm going to wear my Sumo with that uh, Toxic Stripe. Um, I can get some pictures of that. It's super cool. It is, it is super, super cool. I just, I can't say it's a, I can't say enough nice things. Um We've also been in contact with Terry, and he's shown a lot of interest, and we're going to coordinate it, and it's going to happen. We're going to try and get him on the show. That'll be a lot of fun. I think I think Terry would like you to eat the warhead right now on air. Oh, I gotta run it. Okay. Okay. I'm well. I'm 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 like two beers in, and I have like beer taste in my mouth. Does does beer taste go good with warheads? It's it makes it so much better. Okay. Here, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go AWOL for a second. I'm I'm gonna. I have them in my watch box. I'll be right back. Perfect. Okay, don't go anywhere, people. Please, please don't, please don't, please don't put in the great eight. Don't, don't, don't take the channel. I'll be right back. I'm, I'm gonna play with my dog. Oh fuck! God damn it. Okay. All right. Are you still there? Did you leave me? And we're back. And we're back. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my god, dude. They say toxic waste on them. <laughs> you gotta do it, man. All right. Manufactured for candy dynamics. Do you, do you want me to Google Candy Dynamics and make sure it's uh, made in the U.S.? <laughs> they're, they're, I'm just going to eat it. Here we go. <clears throat> okay, i got to figure out. Hold on. I have to manipulate my stupid fingers to open this thing. Oh, what, co- what color is this? I'm not even clear what color this is. All right, I'm going in, okay? Sure. Oh, man. I both love and regret this immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, it's in, oh my god, it's all over my mouth now. Oh my god, now okay. This is this is for <coughs> you, Terry. We love your straps. We love your straps. Oh my god. 
It's like, oh my god, I just did like the weird like I did the, like 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 a weird acidy burp. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Okay, that's not normal, Michael. You shouldn't. I know, I'm just surrounded by beer. I've nothing. I've nothing to clean my mouth. I would no. I'll just drink beer. Whatever. Well, would you like me to read um from from the website where the where the candy's made? Um. Yeah. Sure. I guess. I mean, should we? Yeah. So some toxic. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> let the pe- like just I, let's let's. I just want to say, I'm eating one of these candies right now. Actually, no, I, I have to correct myself. I'm not eating one of these candies. One of these candies is currently rendering my taste buds fucking useless. But when you eat one of these candies, and if you drink, if you drink Modelo, I'm drinking Modelo right now, especially Al, for some reason, it tastes like like $5 champagne. So if you want really cheap cool. champagne for like a party, you just, you just order a bunch of Terry's Toxic Natos, he sends you some of this candy, you go and you buy some Modelo, and, and then you make the party happen. And you'll have a bunch of uh, really cool watch straps. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. interesting. Okay, so I've got I've gotten past I've gotten past like the sour amniotic fluid of the lozenge, and now I'm closer to the center, and it's quite pleasing. It is. It's it's very pleasing. It's a nice fruity flavor. Thank you, Terry. This is this is this is delicious. Once you once you get past the awfulness of sour, I'm not a big sour candy person. If you're if you're into sour candy or uh, mouth mutilation, you'll really like uh, these candies. He sends along. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm, I have the back. I'm looking at the back of this Hal, Haldor watch because I have it on my screen. It. I know it's supposed to be a dive helmet. It's, yep, dive helmet. It looks like a Dalek. <laughs> like a what? A Dalek. Um, what is that? What the fuck is it called? Doctor Who. I don't know how I forgot Doctor Who. Oh, okay, okay. I never, I never got into Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, okay. Disregard that. Okay. I want to, I want to get that off my screen. But yeah, um, I'm super looking forward to as weird as it sounds, just replacing the NATO straps I have now with toxic NATO, toxic NATO pieces. I mean, it, it. For people who've been following our stories on Instagram, also, I've been, I've been throwing up a lot of shots in the story of the hardware just so you can see it on this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to try the other strap later. Uh, we're gonna get Terry on the show. Um, for people who haven't ever like conversed with him, uh, super cool guy. Um, definitely has a very similar attitude to us. We want to get him on the show. We want him to talk about uh, the idea behind Toxic Nados, why he started it, why he's doing what he's doing, and kind of just get his opinions on things that we like talking about as well. You know what I mean? Just getting his voice in the mix. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, and probably uh, maybe giving some some feedback on. I guess more long-term wear of the, um, yeah. you know, the, the straps that he makes, like, like I said, you know, I've, I've had mine for a bit, but, uh, I, I really want to see, you know, what you think about them, uh, overall after wearing them for an extended period. So that, that'll be cool. Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I mean, we have some stuff planned this weekend, so I'm going to be wearing mine and sweating all over it, which I feel like is the true, the true test. <laughs> the, the true test of any toxic nato i mean toxic nato is uh is how much my 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 my, my salami laden sweat can cover it that's the truth that's the, 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 the true test i'm not working hard michael unless i smell like fucking cold cuts and like beer <laughs> you know what i'm saying the, and uh it's it's pretty typical for for kaz um <laughs> you know if if you if you've been around him i'm, <laughs> I'm kidding man I, I love you bro you don't, you don't smell like salami 
You haven't smelled me in a while, dude. I smell I smell distinctly of asparagus and cold cuts. I have no idea why. Okay. What is uh what does Becky think of that? I don't know. She has no sense of smell. <laughs> oh no. I'm joking, she does. I, I she she she's she's too nice to say anything about it. Okay. She's much she's right. much kinder than I am. The awful oh. things I say on the show uh kind of paint me as this evil curmudgeon who just wishes horrible things on people. My fiance is the complete opposite of that. She's very kind hearted, very warm, very welcoming. Everything I'm not. And that's uh when you when you realize that you, you find out that they're they're keepers. So that's cool. Basically, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, should so we, uh, I'm going over the list. Should we talk about to, oh wait, what are we talking about next? Uh, we we talked about Geekster's comment. Thanks, dude. You're the best. Um, talked about Terry, Toxic Nados, how much I love these. Um, I'm wearing mine now. Um, yeah, quartz. Let's let's talk about quartz. What, All right, quartz. Hashtag watch fam. Why does everyone hate quartz? Is it be, is it is it because it's it's not authentic? Because you stick a battery in it. You know what I'm saying? I think for a lot of people, it may be an issue um, of cost. So maybe huh. uh, the fact that you can get an off-the-shelf quartz movement for anything between ten to fifteen bucks, and kind of start a watch brand, uh, and and be done with it, and maybe not put much thought into your your products. Interesting. But, uh, okay. Quartz, quartz in itself, um, as you know, a method of timekeeping. Uh, is there really anything to get so upset about? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, well. The thing is, that's the thing. Very few people will actually buy a watch these days, if they if, because they need accurate time time measuring. Everyone's got a cell phone. If you don't know what time it is, you look at your phone. You buy a watch for the novelty value. So if you're buying something for the novelty value, it's not for the use. So what would you define as novelty value? Something that was intrinsic to the niche itself. And what is that? Gears, mainsprings, and hand winding and stuff like that. People don't associate uh, quartz movement with like the rich history of the wristwatch you know what i'm saying yeah that's true but also i think i think that quartz kind of has its own place in wristwatch history obviously um, dude obviously <laughs> it does it's it, it, do you want to tell everyone about the quartz crisis i'm sure everyone knows but if you're if you're just getting into watches and you don't really understand the impact that quartz had uh can you give everyone a rundown michael well, besides the fact that the Swiss watch industry is killing itself right now, um, <laughs> they also, they also, um, you know, went through some tough times, late seventies, early eighties, just, just cause of that, you know, cause of quartz movements and, um, and what they meant in terms of accuracy and practicality. And I think also the way that they, they were marketed back then, um, was just perfect mm -hmm. uh, so much that it's like it's ingrained into my father that you know like a seiko quartz watch is like the best watch because he, he was here <laughs> around that time when the when the quartz kind of marketing was like taking over and this was this was like the future mm -hmm. and um and the swiss didn't know what the fuck to do yes yeah. <laughs> so, well so the thing is like, i mean uh, you, have, you have to make clear many companies at the time were trying to do an electric a quartz kind of battery watch um that's true but seiko was the first to do it to do that's it true. to perfect it to market it to where you walk in a store and buy it and that's what fucked everything up because back then you didn't have your phone to tell time on back then you actually needed your you needed your watch to tell accurate time 
You know what I'm saying? So you could buy uh, a mechanical watch that's 20 or 40 seconds off a day, or you could buy a fucking Seiko quartz watch, which you just need to put a battery in whenever, whenever, uh, every one or two years, and it's maybe five seconds off, five or ten seconds off a month. But what did what did the Swiss do? Most of them, the ones that are gone, they rolled over and they died. Yeah, they rolled over, they died, or they got bought by uh, 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 Nicholas Hayek and the Swatch Group. Because they weren't going to change anything. Of course, about yeah. about anything that they did. Yeah, and same thing is happening today in terms of price. But whatever. Um, well, it's 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 just interesting. Is there enough of a presence for people who feel like a mechanical watch is worth the money, whatever the money is? Do are enough of those people around to keep some of these brands alive? Because remember, I think back then that wasn't no. the case. No, not that, not some of them, not maybe your your Rolexes will always be fine, right? You know, but some not all brands are going to survive. You know, pushing this this perception of mm. of high luxury, you know, that they market in you know in most of their material, and that's you know it, it worked it worked with with the quartz crisis as a response to what was happening. Um, you know, yeah, these things are convenient, but we're way more luxurious. Mm. Um, but that's, you know, buyers are educated differently today and, uh, sorry, man, they're going to catch on pretty quick. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Sorry, this, uh, this, this candy is kind of making it difficult to talk. Might be allergic to it. I'm allergic to tapioca. So if there's tapioca in these things, uh, I'm going to die. Um, you're super dead. Super dead. Just like just like my daddy told me. Uh, <laughs> so what's the response to businesses? So if you're if you have a watch brand and you refuse to be nimble enough to change with the times of your industry and you prefer to just go down with the ship, what does a nimble company do in response to that? Because back then it was quartz. I don't know if that's if people are just going to I mean, do people just look at 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 cheaper automatics or they just look back to quartz again like what do you do if you're a nimble company and you're like okay what are we going to do so we don't sync with the rest of these dinosaurs well today i think i think the companies have to really push um what they're delivering as far as value goes value for your dollar and it's not happening with Mm. most it's not happening with most brands most big brands I think it's part of the reason that a lot of micro brands that uh, don't kind of charge within that stratosphere uh, are thriving. And I think it's another reason that uh, even gray market dealers uh, that aren't subject to uh, a lot of brand regulation, I think it's, it's part of the reason that those guys are thriving too. Yeah, man, that's a that's a great point. Why the hell, why, why should I have to walk into a boutique or an AD and pay a ridiculous amount of money because I'm not buying direct from the manufacturer or like secondhand or gray market because the ADs and boutiques mark these things up incredibly. Yeah. Well, there's just something so special about opening up the little green Rolex box, taking the card out, <laughs> and seeing in Sharpie where where the salesperson wrote K Mirza. <laughs> God damn this candy. <laughs> you know it's funny. Uh, I was in uh, I was in a Rolex AD uh, around the same time two months ago. Also pretending again to be a season sorry, and um, 
I was looking at a watch uh, that I'm obsessed with. I'm never going to buy it. Listeners, quote me. I am, I'm never going to buy this watch. But I am, for some reason, utterly fucking fascinated with the uh, blue dial two-tone um, Rolex sub. I have no idea why. Yeah. It is the yeah. complete antithesis. The slave driver's watch, man. <laughs> it is the complete antithesis to my normal style. I'm not really a Rolex guy. I don't really plan on having Rolexes in my collection. The only one I would ever foresee in the future coming into my collection is my dad's. Uh, when my dad eventually, you know, passes on, because I know he's not going to pass to anyone else in the family, because no one else in the family knows about watches. So I can, right. I, that's the only Rolex that I can ever foresee entering my collection. You never know unless something special comes up. But um, I was talking to this guy, and I'm looking at this watch, and I'm just asking him these questions just to get an idea, because this is like, it's, it's, it's like a, like a $13,000, $14,000 watch. Okay. Yeah. And so I ask him, I ask him something which um, a lot of micro brands get asked. And this is to your point, you have to justify the cost. You have to justify why you're spending so much money. And so when I hear, you know, 13,500 or whatever, I'll be like, oh, um, does it come with anything else like a case or like uh, different straps? The guy said, no. Nope. <laughs> it doesn't come with anything extra we used to give out like a little a little anchor and some other like materials but now you just get the watch and it's just like jesus man so like what am i what am i paying for am i paying am i paying for the uh dive history and and like brand heritage of a rolex which doesn't really, I feel like doesn't really apply to a two-tone gold sil, uh, stainless steel uh, blue, blue dial sub. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, you know, because that's what Cousteau would wear. That's what, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Jacques Cousteau was down there, man. Just down there with his two-tone sub, checking the time, you know? <laughs> what did, actually it was funny, someone asked me, um, what did Jacques Cousteau wear? Do you know? He had, he had a bunch, his, he had a bunch of watches actually. He, he was, he was explicitly a watch guy. Oh, cool! And he had he had an assortment of Rolexes. He had a lot of Doxas, um, old school, old some old school like uh, French those lip watches. Those are so uh, fucking cool. I've been seeing more and more of those lately. Those are so fucking cool. We can probably link it, but um, I don't I don't know if the site is necessarily like maintained anymore. But Jake's uh, Rolex watch blog has a really like extensive post. I feel like it's um, ma- I, I was there the I was there the other week. I feel like it's still maintained. Yeah, I, man, I wish I wish that guy still did the podcast. He had some insane like interviews. Yeah, like, I remember. His his podcasts were just like I think the first one he did was like like a fucking Mercury 7 astronaut. <laughs> like his, his first guest. I'm like, "Okay. Dude, I'm can we talking... can we get an astronaut to come on our show? Is Terry is Terry Williams from Toxinados an astronaut? <laughs> we can we can ask him. I'm going to ask him if he's an astronaut. But yeah, I, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, Cousteau wore, wore a bunch of different divers, and I think uh, his team for a while had um, a bunch of doxes, the shark hunters, and yeah. today today the company collaborates with, I think, his son for like maybe what might be like a marine preservation um, kind of charity. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I feel like I've yeah. heard this, yeah. So, so what am I getting? So these days, what am I getting for fourteen thousand? But I I feel like, and this kind of rolls into the whole you know quartz thing. Because if you're trying to sell a watch 
which you kind of refuse to change. And this doesn't really apply to Rolex, like you said, but if you're a different brand, like if I walked in and tried buying a watch uh, that just refuses to change anything, I mean, refuse to change their stylings or or kind of their marketing premise, they refuse to change, and these guys are, are, are going to die. To your point, consumers are going to catch on to that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. is it sort of like another quartz crisis? Well, is it, is it, I mean, would you call it a quartz crisis? I don't, I wouldn't call it a quartz crisis today. I think, I think there's definitely a pricing crisis. Um, okay. Cons- I like that. The, yeah. The consumer, that. the consumer of today is different from the consumer, um, of like the seventies and the eighties. Okay. You know, they, they might've walked into the, the boutique and say, you know, like, Hey, do you guys actually Rolex made quartz watches and it was something that that customers were asking for so like they they would walk into boutiques and say like hey do you guys have this new and crazy technology that that the uh that the japanese have and and that seiko has and um you know they they ended up making oyster quartz but uh it's it's a different oh my god that's right yeah 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 Yeah. wow it's it's a different consumer today like just just the fact that we can get on a podcast and talk about you know, watch blogs and talk about places like time zone and like watch you seek. Like, yeah, there's so much information being shared and so many different options for, uh, for people to consider. Um, so this new, this new emerging consumer who's, who's more savvy about what they're getting for their dollar, who's more inclined to not believe brand bullshit, which will, which will try and charge you $20,000, $10,000 for a watch. What, are they open to quartz? Because I feel like they're not. Because even if they are removed from these dinosaur brands, a lot of people are just getting into watches now. Because I'm guilty of it. Because I'm I'm still like a new collector. I've only been doing this for two years. You've been doing this for way longer than I have. But I remember when I first started collecting, I for some reason sneered at quartz because I thought I just felt like it wasn't authentic. I'm not a I'm I'm a watch collector. I'm not a battery robot collector. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, what role? Like, 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 how can that new consumer get over that bullshit with quartz? You know. I, I think they would have to see uh, quartz for what it is in terms of um, in terms of timekeeping. Uh, yeah, yeah, hardcore. You know, Hell yeah. One one of one of the most common arguments you hear is that like. Any quartz watch that you pick up at the gas station is going to keep better time than like a sea dweller that you bought brand new. Yeah, and that's it's pretty true. It's true. Yeah. Um, for somebody for somebody looking to spend more than quartz money, like uh, kind of get into you know what some people call high end quartz or like super quartz, like brands are getting into that too. And um, you know you look at something like the Seiko Astron line or mm-hmm. something like grand seiko spring drive i mean if somebody wants to be really snooty about what they spend uh and maybe they want to spend more to in their heart feel like they're getting a authentic watch experience i mean you have seiko astron you have um you know those some of those citizen satellite watches are, are insane those are so and, cool and, you know, we've, so we've talked cool. about We've talked about Spring Drive too. Um, yes. But, I mean, I feel I like guess... so. Here, here, here's my thing. In, in my opinion, if you're going to get into watches, 
So, so this is where the snob part of two book watch snobs come in because I'm very, I'm, I feel like I'm very emphatic in my decision and my opinion about this because if you're into watches, if you're into watches because you just want to give everyone wrist envy on Instagram, you're into watches for the wrong reason. Yeah. If you can, if, if the impetus behind the niche or the hobby that you're in can be the same driving factor behind other hobbies, like if the one unifying factor between all your hobbies is the fact that you collect expensive things, you're not a good collector. You're not an actual hobbyist. Like this is the snob part of me. You're not actually a part of that uh, enthusiastic community, enthusiastic niche. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For you to actually be a watch collector, I feel like it's extremely important for you to understand the point of a watch. The point of a watch, Michael, is to fucking keep time. Even if we don't need an item to keep time anymore because we have our phones, keeping time is still intrinsic to that piece. You know what I'm saying? Now, that's right. not necessarily to say the best thing to collect is what keeps the best time. I think good collectors are fascinated by all timekeeping uh, devices. You know what I mean? That's true. But you do you do have people, and I had I had my phase... Uh, with this but you do have people that get obsessed with accuracy and i was like some people get like water resistance obsessive i was like accuracy obsessive right um for for a short while and i i had a pretty pretty wild quartz phase uh where i just wanted to buy a bunch of shit um <laughs> but that's fine because the thing is it's only within the niche of collecting watches is that quality uh applicable you know what I'm saying? I can't focus on accuracy of something if I collect, you know, gas station pumps or cars. You know what I'm saying? So I feel yeah. like focusing on that is fine. If you're going to be within a niche, you need to focus on something that's only intrinsic to that niche. You know what I mean? I think if people understood how a course watch actually works in the long uh, history of timekeeping devices... I think people will get over their bullshit because the, the basic idea, you and I have been talking about this a lot lately, the basic idea behind any timekeeping device is, is uh, generating energy, regulating energy, and then reading the regulation of that energy. And that is, mm -hmm. you, you, can, you can chart that with fucking water clocks, technically even sundials. Um, obviously, uh, you can do it with candles, more, more pertinent. Um, uh, mechanical watches, Quartz watches and the Seiko Spring Drive, which is its own fucking beast. That's the unifying factor between all those things. You know what I'm saying? I think quartz also kind of, um, I think a quartz movement ruined its own reputation, partly because it's so good, so efficient, and so economical. And 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 if, I, and, and taking care of it is easy. Yeah, and those those attributes of a quartz movement kind of. It leads quartz to be abused by fashion brands or people that are looking to make a quick buck and start up a shitty like Kickstarter watch company <laughs> or, a but, or a fashion brand. But it's funny because the quality, those qualities of quartz, which you just named, which kind of hurt it, those are the qualities of a perfect timekeeping device. Yeah. <laughs> but when I, when I see them in a Michael Kors watch, I want to barf. <laughs> <clears throat> When I when I see it in the Casio like DW fifty six hundred, which is like, I don't know the most commonly issued like astronaut watch today, <laughs> right? Um, uh, like I think it's cool. So maybe um, maybe brand does play a factor because that's a good point. Um, maybe. I you know what I'm saying? 
I, 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 it's, it's, it's complicated. Do, do we want, should I give a rundown really quick of, uh, well, no, I mean, because I actually, I think they were, you might've seen them at wind up. There's, there's a newer brand called, I think fairer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those guys were super cool. Yes, yes. Dude, they make a GMT, a quartz GMT that looks. Yes. I mean, there, it there's is quite there's beautiful. like a white there's a white dial one, and there's like, I think there's there might be a little too much color, but there's a black dial one, and that thing is, is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> super cool, really classic looking watch, but it has like a touch of kind of freshness to it that makes it super super. Just interesting and fun to wear. They make uh, automatics. I believe, uh, man, you're on the website now. Do they use Edas or, or Miotas? They make. I, th I think they make one automatic. Um, I don't know what they use, but um, my point is, I don't know who they are. I, I mean, that's true. I don't know. I don't know what their brand history is. Uh, I I know that the, they make quartz watches, but I think they're pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So so maybe, so, so maybe maybe. There's an element also just of visuals, because the Michael Kors watches are not visually designed to us. I think there's an element of growth um, as well. Interesting. Like you you have to. I think you have to grow as um, a watch enthusiast at some point to kind of maybe push beyond uh, some of the initial kind of marketing bs you might have encountered oh yeah on your on your way into the watch collecting world oh yeah dude because what i mean what makes your ears perk up when you're first getting into watches like uh, mechanical movements and brand heritage and history and and craftsmanship and this dude, and that. i, I want to buy rolex floor one and climb mount everest dude i want to i want to i want to do it man but you know as the years go by you you grow a little bit and you kind of um, you kind of realize that if you like a watch, you you like a watch. Exactly. We've and, we've mentioned and that's that. that. Exactly. That, that's that. We've 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 mentioned that. You, you, the the uh, the true heart of the collector is one that sort of exists in a vacuum. You yeah. know what I mean? You see a piece, you love it, and and that's all that matters. Uh, I think the true here here's here's the true test because I've gone through this recently because I told you uh, before we started recording in our pre-talk. I'm I'm I am I am Mick motherfucking obsessed right now with the Seiko Sarg zero one one, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I am so yeah. goddamn. Someone on our Instagram feed keeps taking pictures of his, and I'm fucking I'm just I'm just jonesing super hard for that fucking watch. The thing is, I was reading about it online. It gets a little bit of hate. People are weird about it. People think it's too big. People okay. think that the uh, indices don't make any sense because the twelve and the six are bigger than all the other uh, number markers on there. People at, 40 are, at 40 millimeters, people think it's too big. It's a, is it 40 millimeters? It's 40. It's like 40.3. But the problem is they are seeing it in the same way you saw it, and they're seeing it as like the Seiko Explorer, hmm. which is nuts. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All right. So okay. people people feel like it's a bit too big. People feel like it's, it's, a, it's a sporty dial and like a dressy case, and it doesn't make any sense, and it gets hate. Now, what's okay. funny is... Two years ago, if I had seen a watch and if I had fallen in love with the watch and if I had read hateful comments about that watch, I wasn't going to buy that watch anymore because right. I didn't want – because those comments affected me because I for some reason felt like people's opinion of my fucking collection mattered. But now, yeah. do bring on the hate. I don't give a shit. I think it's a fucking beautiful watch. Reading their comments did not change my opinion about the watch at all. And I think that's what 
that's when you've reached like the proper levels of collecting when you don't let other people's bullshit affect your choices because like to your point you don't see the marketing stuff you don't see other people's opinion you see a watch and you make an informed decision on your own and the funny thing is i've done that complete 180 or 360 whatever it is uh 180 with quartz because mm -hmm. when i first started getting into started getting into watches i got gifted a quartz watch and I thought it was cool at first, and then I started getting into watches, and I got like snobby, like stupid snobby. Like I still, you're, you're bummed out about it. You're, I was bummed, bummed out about, about it yep. because I would look at. I mean, oh, that's right, you remember this? Oh, yeah, you, you were there. Yeah. Uh, I would look at the watch, and it just had this lifeless, dull ticking, tick, 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 mm -hmm. and it was the uns. It was like a fish flopping on a dock. It was the unsexiest thing ever. I thought at the time because I thought at the time the mark of a good watch was that as smooth a sweep as possible. You know yeah. what I'm saying? and and that that idea is so ingrained uh in i guess the common person that doesn't know much about watches that a lot of people that don't know about watches think that rolexes are the only watches that have a sweep <laughs> so right uh yeah it, it's it was that comes from decades of of marketing that kind of stuff to people yeah. that, like that sweep is just something something more special but, um, but you know what's funny now? Every time I see that tick on that same course watch, it's fucking sexy as hell. Because yeah. I, I understand now what's happening. I understand that it's a battery sending an electrical charge through a circuit. The circuit then activates an oscillating crystal. Oscillating crystal then pulses, sends it back to the circuit. Circuit then talks to motors. Motors then talk to gears. Gears talk to hands. And I can tell time. That's fucking sexy. That is extremely amazing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you and you know what? That just showed that also shows, you know, and we're we're not the only ones talking about this kind of stuff. You are once again part of that newer um line of consumers that is just a little bit smarter, a little bit more aware of what's being fed to them. Yeah. Uh as far as marketing and as far as value. So and that's why I think some some stuff is going to happen. <laughs> some stuff is definitely some stuff definitely needs to happen. I think interesting yeah. interesting enough based off our last episode, I think we're seeing some people capitalize off it, especially with Seiko opening up more boutiques here yeah. in the states. You know what I mean? And um, I think it's so cool that you can you can go to a, a, one of these brand new Seiko boutiques and you can see a snowflake alongside something like an sun 023 which is a kinetic quartz movement yeah and, yeah dude and, and they're and they're super proud of of what they do uh in in terms of of their quartz movements and super proud of you know credor and uh grand yeah. seiko and it just i i love i love the idea uh of a collection where you can have something like um a grand seiko you know, spring drive GMT kind of living alongside a, a, a digital Casio and maybe even <laughs> like, like an old Rolex sub, like uh, those, those are collections that, that would really set me off. Yeah. You know, I, that's, that's really cool. Cause they're expressive. Cause he, they're expressive to the individual. If I, if I collected everything that Instagram told if that Instagram told me a watch collector is supposed to have. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> it would be the it would be the most uninspired collection ever. I never would have bought this Polo Jot thirty one thirty three. I ne I, I never would have bought it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I mean so, it's 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 a really weird watch. It sometimes takes explanation when someone sees it. You know what I mean? But 
in my experience with the watch like this, it kind of helps me separate like, okay, if someone's really jonesing about this watch, I'll get along with them. But I mean, it's just, I feel like if you're, if you're, okay, if, you, if you're a new watch collector, a uh, budding watch collector, even an old watch collector, and you've had some sort of weird bias against quartz, or even potentially fucking spring drive, which I don't know why you'd have a bias against, because it's the coolest thing ever. If you've had a bias against any of those things, just think about why you don't like that something. Is the reason you don't like that thing, is the reason you don't like quartz because uh, you bought into the marketing that, you know, uh, all the handcrafting of these gears and this escapement and this and this mainspring is the quality of a true watch or do you not like quartz because you just for some reason don't like quartz you know what I mean like if you can isolate the reason for you not liking something to yourself specifically and to not what someone else told you or something you cool. read on the watch you seek forums yeah cool cool you know what I mean so it's just it's just it 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 bothers me it really does bother me because it, it it's I see it all the time you know what I mean like I see I started to wind up a little bit. Like people will, I, I, I saw it a few times. They're at a booth. They're talking with someone like, oh yeah, you know, it's stainless steel. It's like this, you know, we make them here. And then someone's like, oh, is this a, is this a Miyota or an Etta? That, that's the question. That's the question all the microband booths get. Is it a Miyota? And it's like, oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hand, uh, hand assembled uh, Swiss Ronda Quartz. And the mood immediately shifts. You know what I mean? <laughs> the consumer is like, oh, uh, well, I'm a real watch collector, and if this is a quartz watch, then this isn't a real watch. So, I'm gonna yeah. go. You know what I mean? <sighs> I mean, every everybody has some growing up to do. And, Everyone's uh, got some growing up to do, man. Oh, so speaking of the Seiko uh, boutique, uh, I've been in contact with Joseph Kirk, and he wanted me to let everyone know that he is in fact not Gary Sinise. He's not. I didn't. I didn't think he was. I wasn't sure. I haven't heard not, back from not. James Turry yet of whether or not he's Stanley Tucci. Um, I'm going to guess he's not. <laughs> he, he pro Probably not. He's probably not. If you did not listen to our Seiko episode, uh, you have no idea what we're talking about. If you haven't listened to it, I recommend you go back and listen to it. It's super cool. Uh, got a lot of really good reception about that. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, just I... I I feel like we can talk forever about course and just people's like just I don't know the weird attitudes well, behind it. You know what I mean? Well, one one kind of we in in the pre-talk also we um, we kind of discussed the uh, the importance of quartz watches for a lot of people because um, I don't know even if you uh, consume content from like publications that go over these amazing collections a lot of time the collector will say like oh yeah when i was a kid i had a casio calculator and, <laughs> and it's you know it's kind of it's delivered with such reverence mm -hmm. um and, and rightfully so i think i think a quartz watch uh for a lot of people that are into watches um serves as kind of a catalyst for uh an obsession yeah i i think I think that you are, in a lot of ways, born um, a watch collector. There's just something that has to happen along the way to kind of make you realize it. And and for a lot of people, it <coughs> might be that quartz watch that you had when you were you were a kid. For me, I it was I was in fifth grade, and I guess the kid that had my desk like before me just he forgot his Casio calculator watch i don't know what, what the model was but it was just whatever one they made like in the 90s right and that and that was it i, I don't know <laughs> you know later on i had i had like some g-shocks um 
and then you know i think i got a fossil and then in high school you know picked up the skateboard picked up guitar and then there goes high school and college right <laughs> didn't, didn't think about watches but uh like for for you like i mean do you feel that that your earliest like quartz watches like you think they they kind of played a role in the a kind of obsession that you have now the the, the love that you have for for learning more about timekeeping and, and collecting watches you know what's funny based on the conversation we've had thinking back to my first quartz watch it's kind of showing me i mean yes to answer your question yes it's showing me the reason why i love watches now is the same reason back then because so i you know that's really funny but i was in fifth grade also uh i distinctly remember it because i was in a classroom i didn't like uh, and so I know it was fifth grade, but I had my first quartz watch. Uh, I got when I was in fifth grade. It was a Swatch, and it was um, apparently not a very manly watch because I got made fun of a lot for it. It was okay. uh, it was a, like a stainless steel kind of case. It was sort of like a panda dial, but it had a yellow strap with blue stitching. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the blue stitching matched the little sub dials, and it it wasn't it probably wasn't like a proper chronograph. It was probably like a like a like a day date. Kind of subdial yeah. kind of thing, you know what I mean? But yeah. I distinctly remember never or just not paying attention in class and just staring at my watch. Just yeah. just staring at it, just staring at it, watching it, watching it tick, pressing the buttons, looking at the back of it. I remember uh, 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 moving my finger over the groove of the uh, uh, screw head where the battery was supposed to be replaced. I distinctly remember just having delight in looking at that watch in spite of people making fun of me for it. You know what I mean? And that's that's really cool. And it's something I'd like people to kind of contact us about, either through like DM on Instagram or you can comment or you can email us. Like if if you're somebody that's like super into watches today and you're and you you collect, I don't care what you collect, if you collect just Seikos or if you collect subs, um, you know, do you have does Quartz still kind of play that role? um in your evolution as a collector like even yeah. if it's from even if it's from childhood and I, th I think it'd be cool to hear uh from people and see what, what kind of watches they had and um how this super accessible technology that was developed with the intent of um being as accurate as possible kind of made its way in, in into our lives mm -hmm. so early on um yeah, I, I mean, think, you can. I think that's pretty cool. You can uh, DM us on Instagram at Two Broke Watch Knobs. You can email email us at tbws.contact.gmail. Yeah, hit us up. Let us know what role quartz uh, what role quartz has played in your collection. I don't care if you're uh, to my point, a new collector or old collector. You know, it doesn't matter. Just just give us your opinion. I mean, if you think we're full of crap and we're bad collectors because we like quartz, tell us that also. Um, we will take your hate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, it's funny, I would really, I'd really love to hear that argument. You're, <laughs> you're a crappy collector because you like quartz. Well, that's, that's, that's the thing. If you're a collector, you don't give a fuck what other people think. You don't give a fuck what other collectors think. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's why I'm super pumped to roll up in Basel and my fucking Raketa Big Zero. I mean, I will say that if you, okay, if you intend to be a very specific collector, like say there's, say there's a certain brand or a certain complication, um, and you know, this is something that you like 
once again, not because of marketing, not because of the influence of other people. Mm -hmm. And you just want to be very focused in collecting, you know, universal Genève, like split second chronographs only. (laughs) Okay, fine. That's your thing. Well, the thing is, well, that, that still applies to being a proper collector because you're expressing individuality with your collection. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I really, I, I, I've, I've been harping on it a lot. I, it's really depressing, but like, I want to write essays on it. The, the heart of a true collector. You know what I mean? Like, 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 I, I could collect whatever the hell I wanted to collect in a forest, and it wouldn't matter if I never saw anyone ever again because I would still get the same delight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, when I first started collecting, I felt like if I didn't want a Panerai and like a skull bead bracelet, I wasn't a real watch guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really felt like that, man. Hey, uh, hey, Steve. I think you should make some uh, some skull bead bracelets to go along <laughs> with the uh, to oh, go along with the Morris. <laughs> no, Steve, don't listen to him. He's out of his goddamn mind. We don't need skull bracelets. It's fine. <laughs> I love I, I, I love the, the 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 Cuda rubber straps on those things. Those are those are the only accessory I need. <clears throat> but it's just I don't know. It's it's <sighs> people. We want to hear from you. We want your opinions. I I, I think it would be super super valuable. Maybe we can get Terry's opinion. When he's on yeah. the show, um, dude, he, I, I will say that, and he'll probably, his, his feed will probably make me buy it. He has a, um, oh, the Marine master, not the Marine master. He has a citizen, uh, eco drive pro master diver. Ooh, shit. I haven't seen that yet. That's it's awesome. He's got, he, he's got the blue dial one and he, I, I think a lot of times he wears it on like, like an olive, like w- one of his straps or whatever. And it's, it's so cool. It's because because for, for a while, um, actually for a couple years now, I've been looking for um, some kind, some form of the Citizen Aqualand. Uh, they're kind of hard to get. Okay. And the new ones, the new ones are super ugly. But um, <laughs> you know, I was looking at that watch for like a quartz, a quartz Citizen. Like it's <clears throat> it's really cool. And they also had them at Winn Dixie that one time I you went. Know- so. <laughs> <laughs> the only place where you could buy uh, Seiko tuna and actual yeah, can, can an actual can tuna. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's yeah, funny here here in Orlando in one of the outlets there's actually a, there's actually a citizen like boutique. Yeah, yeah, man. I, if you ever I, want to I'd hit like it up, fly that. fly on down. We'll go. <laughs> I, I'd like to see that, man. Um, oh God, we'll we'll probably we'll have to we'll have to talk about this more in another episode. Just just the kind of work that goes into those watches citizen and uh and seiko uh even from case finishing alone dude and, um, and orient throw orient in there man i fucking love yeah. those i love those watches man yeah but uh yeah if we if you if you guys um if you guys want to write to us and let us know what you think uh you know quartz uh what kind of what it means to you uh if it's shit um, you know, we're down. Yeah, tell us. Uh, it, it, whatever your opinions are of a course watch, whether you've had one when you were a kid and you don't buy them anymore or whether you've sort of been thinking about them and you're wondering if they're actually cool, whatever opinion you have, what role it plays in your collection, what role it plays in your life, like if you collect really nice watches but you only ever feel comfortable wearing a quartz watch because it's more robust, it doesn't matter. Whatever role quartz plays in your fucking life, let us know. We want to hear about it because the bigger data pool of people's opinions we get, the more we can just learn from each other and be better consumers, better informed consumers. I mean, that was a big point that Joseph Kirk was making over when in Seiko Boutique. The point is to educate consumers. 
that's the smart thing. That's that. That's the smart thing that Seiko is doing that a lot of these dinosaur brands aren't doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I, I, I think they're sort of changing their d- direction now. But uh, when I really wanted a Panerai, I had to talk about how much I wanted a Panerai back in the day because the more and more I rag on them, I think the more and more they're gonna send me hate mail. Actually, I would, I would love Panerai hate mail. Oh my God, Panerai, send me hate mail. That would be amazing, dude. Okay. That'd be great. That'd be great. I would frame that and have it next to my fucking diplomas and my degrees and bullshit. That'd be fantastic. But the thing is, if 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 when I first started getting into watches, I really wanted a Panerai because I, for some reason, thought that buying a Panerai would make me an Italian frogman, underwater sea mining detonator person. That's not an educated consumer. That's 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 a ridiculous consumer who's not collecting for the right reasons. Now, if you just want to buy that watch. Because you like the watch, cool, whatever. But do not buy that watch with that intention and call yourself a collector. That's this is the snob in me coming out again. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. We the can, good snob. The good snob. We can all <laughs> kind of work together to be better informed. So let us know your opinions, of course. Let us know your opinions of just anything we've talked about today. Um, should we start circling the drain on this one? Let me make sure we've talked about everything. Okay, we talked about Geekster. You're the you're, you're the man, dude. Man, dude. Uh, talked about Maybe. Terry Toxic Natos. We talked about Quartz. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, look for us on Instagram if you're finding us somehow through SoundCloud. We are working on getting on iTunes. Um, I'm hoping by the time this episode gets published, we can get on iTunes. Uh, yeah, we can, you can it'll, fi- it'll happen one day. It, it'll happen eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah. You can look for us on uh, Instagram at TuborgWashNobs or hit us up uh, email uh, tbws.contact at gmail. I mean, we have a Facebook, but I'm still working on writing a schedule for it. So if you find us on Facebook, don't talk to us on Facebook. Talk to us on Instagram or through email. Also, you can find us on MySpace.com. <laughs> you, you can find us on it. You can find us on AOL Kids Only. Uh, yeah, um, keyword uh, keyword two broke watch snobs. Keyword Doctor Ruth. Uh, oh no! Please don't go on AOL. Please. <laughs> You can uh, find us on Friendster. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can... Uh, I don't know. You can find us on Adult Friend Finder. Uh, where, else, where else can they find us? You can find us on that clown dating website. Is, uh, there, a, is there a clown dating website? Yeah, there's a dating site for, for... There's a dating site for people that are allergic to cats. Wait, I don't... I don't understand. Oh, okay. Let's let's go back to clowns. I don't understand how many. How big is the clown dating pool? Well, hold on. This is well. This is the other thing. It, does being a clown dictate your entire life? Why isn't there a dating website for marketing professionals or or digital producers? I'm sure. I'm sure there is. But if if being a clown is a big part of your life, and <laughs> and you you take part in a dying profession, <laughs> sorry, clowns. <laughs> sorry, clowns. It's probably very important for you to find somebody that you love um, that can share that with you. Also, and if so, you are a clown and you are listening, please tell us what watch you wear. Yes. And if you are an industrious uh, webmaster, uh, you will learn how to capitalize on clowns uh, <laughs> that are trying to, to date each other. They're, so just, they're, that. they're just trying to find love, man. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat this other candy. Uh, I because I'm gonna I'm gonna eat this other um, toxic waste candy that I got from Terry. Oh my God! Should we make a dating site for watch people? <coughs> isn't isn't there one? Isn't it just watch you seek or? 
It might be Instagram. Oh my god. It, it, it's just it's just it's just I, I I know I know we're trying to end the episode, but it's just it's the I okay. really the, the real question is has anybody gotten laid on Watch You Seek? I'm sure. I'm dude, man. I'm sure. I'm sure some of those knock dudes totally, totally get it. I mean, uh, Clocktoberfest, dude. Clocktoberfest is probably fucking swimming in poon. Are you kidding me? Clock poon, man. <laughs> fucking coming out the rafters, dude. Uh... Um, but no, I know we're trying to end, but I just want to point out if 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 you're getting into collecting and you're listening to our podcast and you're on Instagram all the time and you're seeing people taking pictures of their Ublos with their Ferraris or they're taking pictures in like Monaco with their Monacos. That is not the upper echelon of watch collecting. Don't think that's what you need to aspire to. What you need to aspire to is whatever you love. And if you don't know what you love, try to get into everything until you find out what you love. Don't write off quartz just because someone tells you quartz watches are crap. You know what I'm saying? And if and if after you do that, you're still going back to the Ferrari Hublot and you find out that purely that is something you want to aspire to, go with God. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know? Be Happy an saving. educated consumer. <laughs> yeah, you know? I guess I guess that's that's probably the best message we could we could deliver uh, on a quartz episode. Be be an educated consumer. Yeah, with with so many different avenues for brands to reach out to you, with so many um, kind of media outlets and uh, watch publications, kind of publishing things that may not be totally um ethical as far as journalistic integrity correct i uh, try try to be try to be as educated as you can yeah and um you know just just buy watches that you like buy watches that you like yep that's it man is there anything else we want to cover i'm pretty sure one two three four blah, 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 da, da. Uh, yeah i think that's it man i would love to talk more about these nato uh these toxic natos but i want to i want to wear um, I want to wear the other toxic stripes some more. So wait, uh, which which straps did you get? Because we 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 got orders. We put in orders at the same time. Which straps did you get? So I got the toxic royal. Okay. Uh, I think an olive green. Yeah, olive green. Uh, for the turtle, and that is my new all-time favorite combo. <laughs> <laughs> and is, I got yeah. And I haven't I haven't worn it yet. I probably will tomorrow. But I got the toxic butter. Oh a, uh, yeah! Tell me how that is. In a, it's really cool. In a, it's so it's like the the James Bond, black gray kind yeah. of pattern, and it's it's twenty millimeters. But I'm gonna put it on the Vostok and because you know, it fits. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna shove it in there. Oh my god! I just, I just ate one of these candies. Holy fuck balls! Thanks, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I I tried. I swallowed and talked. At the same time, like a dick. Thanks, Terry. Um, do, do the sign-off with the candy in your mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, I just want to say before I, I do the sign-off, I want to try... Oh, my God. I want to try uh, um, one of those toxic roos. I think they're kangaroo leather. That's so sad. <laughs> I assume I assume the kangaroos are clubbed to death ethically. Okay? Sure. Yeah. I, I, have, I have no... Oh, my God. This, this my, my, my voice is just... This goddamn candy. All right, I'm going to do... The, I'm going to start the... Ugh, I'm gonna start the sign off. Okay. 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 All right. I, I as a disclaimer, despite my 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 strange noises, this is the d- 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 delicious candy. It's just it's it's just I'm not a big sour person. So okay. Uh, you guys have been awesome. This is Kaz. 
And this is Mike. Uh, thanks for listening. Yep. Later.